What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ryan, and this is another installment of Have You Heard? What's Have You Heard? Well, I'll let you know. If you're not familiar with the show, this is a series where we take a little dive into getting to know some bands that are new to us personally, that we either found on the socials or that were emailed to us in hopes of sharing their music and their story. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for stopping by. It does really mean a lot. If you want, head over to wherever you get your podcast from and check out our Locked in the Closet series where we talk to band members, venue owners, and even a doctor about how COVID impacted them and their stories. In this episode, I chat with the guys from Frostbit all the way in Norway. The way that I was introduced to the band was by a really good friend of mine, Brian Allen, a guitarist of Ultramine, who is also on the call because I felt that it was fitting to let the guys know how we came about their music. Frostbit is a four-piece band out of Norway that blends and bends multiple genres together, but yet adds their own personal flavor to it, just like everybody else, but this one's a little different. <laughs> From their page, since 2012, Frostbit has been about exploring non-conventional use of experiments, combining the dopest polyrhythmic patterns and striking tension into unsuspecting ears. In 2015, the self-titled release put the group on the map as progressive underdogs, hungry for everything groove, and was acclaimed by fans and critics alike. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button, and also follow us on all the social platforms at ATX Metal Podcast, all one word, and stay tuned for, for more. We've got a lot of great stuff in the works. And as always, we would like to give the biggest shout out to our sponsors, Come and Take It Live and Come and Take It Productions. As we all know, throwing shows and touring has taken a major hit. But once we tackle this pandemic and get it under control, we know that bands and musicians alike will be ready to hit the stage again. And for those looking for a solid venue, look no further than Come and Take It Live. You can head over to comeandtakeitproductions.com, drop them a line, let them know that the podcast sent you, and talk to the team and get the ball rolling. With all that said, thanks for sticking around, and I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, today we have a very special event. We are interviewing the band Frostbit from all the way over in Norway, and I have brought on Brian Allen of Ultramine, who introduced me to Frostbit. So I thought this would be a good, uh, good conversation to have about how Brian found them, how he introduced them to me, how we are currently at the, you know, the situation in which we're in, getting ready to interview these guys. So Brian, kick it off, man. Um, Tell, tell me a little about yourself, uh, the band, and uh, your personal band, the one you're in, and how you came across to find Frostbit. Well, um, my name is Brian. I play guitar. I've been doing so for about uh, 15 years this fall. Um, and uh, yeah, I play guitars in Ultramind, Bridges Ablaze, um, All Cielo. I do a lot of collaborations too. Um, but yeah, that's me. I love the guitar. It pretty much defines my life and existence. Um, I can, and, um, I can vouch for that. I can totally vouch for that. <laughs> you you yeah. are a wizard on the guitar, my dude. 
Thank you, man. I, um, I feel like it's never enough because I, I I'm always watching Tosin and Jason Richardson and I'm just like, I, you know, just constantly lashing myself to be better. But, um, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> um, but yeah, alter minds, alter minds, a thing it's, I'm really excited. We got an album dropping, um, really soon. Um, got some cool collaborations on it with, um, Lauren Babic and, and, um, Oh, Hey, and everybody that helped with the GoFundMe gets some cool stuff too, right? Yes, or the Kickstarter. Yes, Yes, there's all the things, um, the shirts, and I think uh, there's some free guitar lessons or lessons of whoever you want lessons from. You were you were Dougie, yeah, or uh, even Cam. You oh, know, people want to get some uh, rhythm chops in there. So okay, get your chops up. <laughs> That's something I need. I've had to take a lot of lessons from Cam. <laughs> Anyways, um, well, he's a good anyway. one to take it from. Oh, he's he knows his stuff. That's for sure. So. Um, but yeah, that's that's me and uh, yeah. Me, one day, me and Cam, actually, a drummer in Ultramind, we were um, he was living with me at this time, and uh, we were kind of going on a binge of like this outrageously low tuned music um, and metal, you know. And we we started making a playlist and just you know going through the Spotify rabbit holes, you know, of like, oh well, if you like this artist, you'll like this, and we just the recommends, the recommends. Yeah. The algorithm knows what's up. Eventually it guided us um, to Frostbit. And um, the first song that we heard was Dragon. And I heard that, you know, the cool guitars and then that low ball sack guitar sound. <laughs> that low ball sack guitar sound. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, it's, it's everything I've wanted and more. And so when I heard Dragon, I was like, oh my God. And, and you know, it was love at first sight, so. Well, let's uh, let's play just a little bit of Dragon here, and we have previously tested this. We're going to make sure that everything works. And here is the first little chunk of Dragon that what got a hold of Brian. We're going to kick this one for about 30 seconds, so here we go. All right, so that was the that was the first thirty that was the first thirty of Dragon, and if what I heard is what you heard, that sliding Brian, uh, you're you're more uh, technical than I am by leaps and bounds. So can you just explain what that or that rake or that slide or whatever that was? Because that was that's what picked up in my auditory space that said, "Hey, you should pay attention to the rest of this." Mm, yeah, that that slide especially it's um. I caught my ears too. I I can't say with a hundred percent certainty what it actually is, but I can make a guess. It, it's probably a pick slide. Um, okay. There may maybe some effects on it. Um, it's possible that it's just something else um, because you never know these days. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know, it's um, and maybe they're they're, but I, it's probably some sort of pick slide. Some sort of pick slide. Well, here's the good news. What is up, Frostbit? How are y'all? Oh, hey. Good, good. It's great to see you guys. We were uh, we were just talking about how uh, Brian here, my, my co-host for the day, uh, found you guys, and we were talking about the song Dragon. But for everybody listening, Frostbit has just joined us. They're all the way in Norway. Is that where you guys are sitting at right now? Yeah, that's true, yeah. 
I thought about learning how to say hello in Norwegian, um, <laughs> but I just foregoed that so I didn't mess up any of that language because it's <laughs> extremely hard. So, hey, th thank you guys for coming. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you. Yeah. So this is uh so so guys this is Brian Brian is uh, in a band Altermind he is the one that introduced me to you guys I uh, just wanted to have him on the show for full continuity and like I said we just listened to Dragon and one thing that Brian mentioned to me is that you guys took down the original album I've got it pulled up here uh, the the, the self titled album and I was unaware of that because when I heard Frozen he said oh that's just Frozen redone from the first one. And once I started listening to it, I was just like, oh, wow, this, that exactly is what it is. So why the, why the change? Why the, the teardown and the revamp? Yeah, so we talked about this. It's like there's a few, there are like two main uh, reasons. Uh, and that's like one thing we wanted to play. We, all, the, all our material, we want to be able to play it live, if you know what I mean. And we recorded it with the mindset that this is not going to be played live we're just gonna record and experiment in the studio try to find some new sounds and because we used to play in a metalcore band or whatever right uh, and then we kind of like we, we got into this more progressive stuff it's called gent i guess yeah we'll go with yeah. that yeah <laughs> we felt like that was uh, we tried to like yeah find our own identity in the music and that's like um yeah that's that's what uh why that happened why the first album sounded like it did it's like a lot of experimentation but not too much like we didn't feel like i mean we hear it sometimes uh that like people still prefer the old version or whatever but like for us, it's important that we can yeah, do this live and that we get rid of all the metal core elements that we, because now we're more into the groove and the new metal stuff, I guess. Okay. So we, we and the, the gent stuff. So we just wanted to be primarily what we we're into right now uh, and like keep it because we kind of discovered a new sound with the soul brand or I don't want to say it. yeah soul brand yeah and uh, so we just want to like yeah bring that in the into the old songs mm -hmm. I guess that's like the two reasons why nice I, I can I can personally say that over the years of being here in Austin Texas and supporting the local metal scene and watching the the shift go from uh, and, and Brian's seen it too. Brian's been here a long time. How the metalcore influence and the gent scene just kind of overtook here yeah. locally and and just kind of exploded. I mean, from everybody from uh, shit like Fit for a King to Invent Animate just redid some stuff. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's starting to grow. I mean, it, it's been here. It's just it's coming in waves. And the one thing that I really dig about you guys is you take some more of that old school flavor of yep. of corn and whatnot like i sent you the message we were sitting here i was listening to aurora on it was it was like it was i don't know uh around 8 p.m here me and my wife i was just talking about my day i said i found this new song check it out and she's not a metalhead by any definition of loving to be a metalhead 
but she yeah. heard your song and she looked up and said, I, I would go see this in concert. And it just like, it touched my heart. <laughs> yeah, it touches our heart as well. Yeah. yeah I mean, if, if you, if, if you knew my wife, you'd be like, Hey, that's a cool chick. Thanks for coming to the show. <laughs> but, but no, that to me, that just kind of goes to the type of people that you guys can reach outside of people like myself who are just your, your average demographic listener to Brian, who is your, you know, talented musician that takes influences from you guys. And, and hell, he even said, Brian, uh, you said that you recently like sent them a message cause you needed to know a question to something. Is that right? Oh, oh yeah. No, I, I messaged you guys asking, uh, cause I loved the, the first album. I was like, yo, what happened? And, and you guys replied and you guys were like, check it out on Bandcamp and we're redoing it. And, and I've been like staying very attentive to the new songs and they're amazing. Like, but it's great to hear, man. So the one thing that I forgot because I'm a terrible host, uh, let's go, <laughs> go around y'all's room and, uh, who you are and, and what you guys play. And then just kind of like a general background of how long the band has been around, how you guys formed and, and just general backstory about who Frostbit is, uh, so we can kind of inform the, the, the people here in Austin and, and the local surrounding area about you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to start? Sure. Uh, my name is, uh, Stefan or Steven in English. Depends how you prefer it. Uh, I play drums for Frostbit, and um, me and Ivan has always played together in a band project since uh, we went into primary school. Um, and we also started Frostbit together back in 2012. Um, oh, so y'all are the originals? Yeah. Okay. OGs, yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, we will go more into depth uh, on that later, but uh, you can continue, Kev. Yeah, I'm um, Kevin. <laughs> I, I play the bass. And I do graphic design for the band, which is fun. Lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of late work hours and uh, late nights. But no, uh, I play bass. That's mainly what I do. I joined the band in 2013, just a year after its inception. Originally, I was hoping to play guitar, but I quickly learned that bass is more my, more my lane. Uh, but I'm not feeling salty about that at all. I'm actually really happy with playing bass. And uh, I feel I have evolved a lot as a musician after I joined that role in, in Frostbit. So. Nice. Nice. Yeah, uh, I'm Ivan. Um, yeah, that's Ivan. So. And, um, I, I, Do you know how to pronounce your own name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, write the songs uh, for the most part. Kevin does something, uh, some writing as well. And I started this uh, band together with uh, Stefan. And uh, yeah, I do vocals and I also play guitar and bass on recordings. My name's Emil. I do guitars and um, all the recording, production, mixing, mastering. Oh, uh, so it's all in-house with you guys? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Br Brian, you can understand that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much how Ultramind is. Yeah. It's all yeah. Doug's house. So, I think yeah, I, I feel like that's yeah. I was just gonna say, I think I think that it's so amazing that that bands such as yourself and Ultramind can produce the things that you guys are producing out of you know, your, your, your homes and your bedrooms and your, your <laughs> for lack of better words, your closets. Um, yeah. and, and that's the benefit of like technology. I guess you don't need to sit and 
in a room and record on the tape anymore. So mm-hmm. you can and, and it sounds great now. So like our last album was recorded, like guitars and bass was recorded in my bedroom. Yeah. Uh, vocals was like in basically in a closet yeah. <laughs> at your place, <laughs> and we recorded the drums at our rehearsal space. Yeah. Okay. Then, so yeah, I, I mean that's I mean Brian, you can vouch. That's pretty much the same, the the, the same path that most of the uh, bands are taking here in in the local area. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much um, in in various ways, but mm-hmm. pretty much the same thing. Well, now that we got that out of the way, and now we can really get to the cool stuff, the music, and their favorite colors, and what they like to eat on Tuesdays. So, <laughs> we'll forgo the last two questions. So, let's get straight into the music. Um, the newest or the latest the latest uh, renditions are basically just a bunch of singles that are being revisited, correct? Yes and no, I'd say, because yeah. we, we are releasing uh, the full album as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you guys are just kind of letting these out, and then in uh, future time, it'll be the full compilation to include all the singles. Yeah. Okay. And, and the singles have like uh, some new tweaks to like make one big piece. Like okay. Maybe uh, one of the songs we released now has an intro, interlude kind of thing on it that it didn't have in the single version or something like that. Okay. Just to make uh, a line. Uh, like a piece. Some songs are basically completely rewritten. Yeah, from the first song. Yeah. Such, yeah. such yeah. as, yeah. can you give an example? Uh, like Zastruga. Yeah. Zastruga is totally different. Yeah. The only thing that's the same from the original is the lyrics, isn't it? No. Even, even the lyrics are changed <laughs> okay. heavily. Like, some of the lyrics are 90% <laughs> of the lyrics are probably changed. So <laughs> there are some like completely uh new things uh and and rewrites that just make the whole songs just completely different Mm. uh which serves both uh it serves the album better but it also serves like uh our purpose better like for playing live playing this stuff on a on a technical level that is actually more up our alley and more in tune with our style our musical style uh than before so Mm. So it's almost like the first versions of these songs were were in your wheelhouse because obviously you were able to write them. But going forward, you wanted to make sure that you could deliver a solid live performance, almost a hundred for a hundred. So that's why you kind of went back to the drawing board to not only tweak the song to where it has differences, but to where you can also deliver a solid performance at the same time. Mm, yeah, as it were. Yeah. Versus this craziness that we heard on the first album, right? <laughs> just to make like on, on the first album it's also like as i said we did a lot of experimentation like just through some dynamic like almost like jazzy stuff okay like, queen sections and stuff like that and uh, like uh, i just felt it was hard to like like when you hear like a classic New metal song, for example, uh, it has just a few segments repeating, just like a pop song. Okay. And it and it's uh, repeats and and that's like uh, it makes the songs more like classic, just like stand the test of time, kind of. And that's that was also an important thing uh, in my mind when I rewrote the songs. Like we don't need to have unnecessary parts that just happens once or whatever yeah and so we kind of just pulled most of that stuff out and just like 
try to make the songs as a whole. Uh, yeah. Ivan actually coined a phrase out of that, uh, that the factory he spoke about now. He called the old songs for riff salads. So they're just like different riffs thrown in and they just make this complete salad bowl of different tastes and everything thrown inside a song. And it makes it hard for like structure and continuity as well as it does for actually playing it live. Yeah. So now it's more consistency yeah, into your writing. Yeah, that's, uh, Brian, you got anything to ask? Because this sounds right up your wheelhouse <laughs> in, um, gu in guitar world. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't deny, you know, with some of the songs we've been working on an Ultramind, it's been a similar process. A lot of the songs have gotten complete facelifts over, over you know, time periods um, because of our own personal growth, um, both in, in terms of like our perception of music and like our vision and also just like what we can play and what we like and things like that. So, mm -hmm. so I totally relate. Nice. Yeah. Well, here I'm gonna. Uh, so we so we practiced this before we got you guys on here, and I apologize if your music sounds shitty coming through your speakers for 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> but I promise, I promise it will be checked and edited and made sure that it's nice and pretty in post. Uh, but what I'd like to do, I'm gonna play Frozen off the first album for 30 seconds, and then I'm gonna switch gears and play the revised version, and right. and we're gonna talk because to me. The other day, uh, there was some post that said, <laughs> it said, pick the word, <clears throat> the word slutty and attach it to the last song that you listened to. And it just so happened to be Frozen. And the, the goal was that was going to be your Halloween costume. So <laughs> mine was Frozen Slutty or Slutty Frozen. And... <laughs> I don't know if you're if you know the very popular children's uh, uh, movie yeah, Frozen. I was definitely not wanting to dress up as a slutty Elsa because <laughs> <laughs> I have a seven-year-old daughter and that's just not cool. So <laughs> I found dark dark humor in it, but I just I had to share that with you guys uh, just because <laughs> just because why not? Oh man! But uh, okay, so here we go. This is going to be Frozen off the first off the first EP. And then we're going to kick that for 30 seconds. Again, I apologize for you guys on the end because um, it definitely sounds good to my headphones. So here we go. We're going to try this one out. All right, so that was the first 30 seconds of the first version. Here comes the second version. All right, so there we go. That was uh, the first 30. How'd that sound for you guys? Just a quick check. <laughs> first one sounded okay-ish until uh, we came to the, the guitars. Okay. 
Uh, the second one just completely cut out when uh, base. <laughs> let's just let's yeah, just let's, let's, yeah. We'll just take that as an internet compliment. It's just it was too heavy. It was too heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, what you're hearing right, what you're hearing right now, if you're listening to this right now, which obviously this is pre-recorded, you ju you're going to hear the pretty version. Uh, we're trying to play this the best we can for the guys on the other side of the planet here, uh, but the internet's crowded, so who knows. Um, Walk us through the first version and the second version. If Brian, if you got any comments or questions, just go ahead and toss them out there because I'm just going to be all ears on this one. First, like um, we like Frozen is like the perfect example of the uh, metalcore element that we kind of want to tear away from because you have like the. Uh, the kind of minor major clean vibe almost like eight this vibe intro stuff you know uh and that was like uh it was meant to be like the the whole setup was like like i used to make songs i i had like the heavy verse and then the melodic chorus and nothing like in between you know it was like just screaming i i, I tried to like did this do the screams with like the more like new metal vocalists with like the the tone screams, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, rather than just like the growls and stuff, but and then the chorus kicks in and it's like just melodic. I, I wanted to like have like some sort of um, middle ground on this on the second, so it's more like a sound of just like bouncing between melodic and heavy. And uh, that's like, that's the main difference between these two, like the, the groovy riffs and like the, the crazy riffs there, that's like Frozen was the first song with the, where we featured like the chorus effects on the harmonics when you play it on the guitar. So it like uh, feels like kind of, I mean, Korn does it sometimes and like all the bands have done, have done it, but like we, we kind of, because that's why how the eight string comes in uh, on the on like we actually use all the eight strings with like <laughs> <laughs> with the harmonics if you know what I mean. So like when you go down like that, you we we hit all the strings on the way down uh, with the harmonics. So you we can't like play on the seven string or six string or whatever just tune it down. It's not possible because um, and that's that's how we like that's the riff that kind of. Uh, spawned our signature riffing, you know mm. what I mean. So we obviously we wanted to keep that, right? That stuff, right? Uh, but um, all of the uh, melodic and metalcore elements kind of swapped out for like groovy stuff and heavier stuff, I guess, and just like throwing in some melodic lines, but not keeping it entirely melodic. If you know what I mean. That so that's kind of what happens between these two songs. Oh, and it's better. <laughs> turn the bpm up just it's, a little uh, bit but yeah it's it's a lot heavier the the one thing that i liked about uh you guys is there is a lot of diversity and I, okay so i'm 37 what's the average age between you guys uh three of us is 26 okay and he's 23 yeah <laughs> okay so so mid-20s brian how old are you 29 okay so Y'all are roughly in the same ballpark. I'm a little bit older. And so I grew up in the Deftones, the corn, yeah. this, the, that. And when I shared it, I, for some reason, I picked up on the Deftones thing. 
I didn't make the yeah. corn connection just because I was just lost in the music, but our buddy that helps us out, uh, Josh Butner, that's the first thing he went for was, you know, and like, actually, let me read some of the comments on your band camp. That's what I wanted to get to. Uh, yeah. Dude, some of these are wild. It said every song, let's see, this is from uh, Nathan Lease. Frostbit is insane. Every song is powerful and compelling with intricacy, beautiful melodies, and dirty thaw-ish breakdowns. Uniquely refreshing album that definitely deserves a listen all the way through. And then another guy down here said something about imagine corn would imagine what corn would have sounded like if they had been heavily inspired by Mashuga. So you can definitely hear those things coming out. Is that something that you had always loved and just kind of took a little bit from and then turned it into your own? Is that kind of how the how that sound made it in there? Yeah, it's like for me, it was like Mashuga obviously was like um, kind of an eye opener in terms of like sound and what, how, what to do on guitars and stuff like that. So when I first just first discovered Mashuga, I kind of relearned the love for the groove. I mean, I grew up with like Linkin Park and Slipknot and I mean, Korn was never really big in Norway. Uh, Slipknot and Linkin Park and what else? Uh, Dis Disturbed and System of Down. Wow, really? Um, they were huge in Norway, but never Korn. And Deftones, never. No, no one listened yeah, to Yeah, no, it's a shocker. Deftones is really like, it's... But, uh, when when I uh, discovered Mashuga, I started like going back to the roots a bit and tried to like find. I just like why haven't I checked out Corn? And and then it just like okay, so this is where all the new metal all the, <laughs> I can hear it it's, like it's so obvious. This is where it comes from. And and same with Deftones, like just another path than Corn did, I guess, more like dynamic and more vibey. Um, but so like the influence we have from them in, within the, the gen thing is like, it's, it's all about that, um, all about the effects and all about the, like, like the, the low tuning stuff and all that. It's like, we want to bring in, but like the most important thing from the new metal stuff in our stuff is vocals, obviously. Uh, that's like, uh, and, and I guess the slap bass. It's like kind of important to, but yeah. What about That's, the uh, what about the the drum section? Where do you get where do you pull some of your uh, influences from, my man? Yeah, so um, hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. So I, I guess a lot of musicians can recognize this uh, when you play a lot of metal and you've been playing metal for a long time. You you tend to not listen too much to it when you're by yourself and when you're practicing and everything else. So so. I take a lot of inspiration from hip hop recently, but also I have uh, I really liked the the drummer for uh, Breaking Benjamin back in the day. Uh, I don't really know. I can really figure out his name on the top of my head right Chad. now. Chad, yes, Chad Smith, and uh, no, that's the one in Red Hot Chili Peppers. It uh, is. Uh, okay, maybe never. No, mind. okay, it maybe, maybe maybe it is. Anyways. So, <laughs> So uh, he's, I would say he's definitely my <laughs> biggest influence. Uh, I really dig this, the small details that he does uh, on his drumming, both on the Phobia album, We're Not Alone album, and also the Diragony albums. Uh, I think that's the three albums I listen to most ever. Uh, but recently, I also got into a bit more linear stuff. Uh, 
actually based on YouTube drummers such as Luke Holland and, and those types of guys. And uh, it's really fun to like mix up with rudiments and, and play drums correctly because when you're a self teach musician, you, you just go for it and then you suddenly realize that I have to do something to, to get this shit right. You know, it's not just banging all the way and, and learning wrong techniques and stuff. So last couple of years I've, I'm doing that and it also shows in some of our writings that the drums are a bit more smooth and fluent and also uh, makes a bit more sense, I would say. So, yeah. I hope that answered your question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just... I want to make sure everybody gets a fair shot. Uh, like inspiration or... Yeah, just whatever, where, where your inspiration comes from, you know, crossover, how, you know, how you've put your twist on Frostbit to make it, you know, Frostbit. I used to listen to a lot of metalcore and stuff, but like now, really just... Um... Taylor Swift? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, like... Um... I listened to a lot like death core, death metal. Yeah, mostly like the heavier stuff in the metal genre, I guess. Okay. Just something just in your face, kind of here it is. Yeah. But you're into the new new metal stuff. Yeah, right? obviously. Uh, new metal and super heavy <laughs> death metal. That's sure, like, sure. Um, so if like I like dicking around with like effects and if I hear like a cool riff and like I need that I need that pedal. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we were actually Brian and I were talking the the in for Dragon. We were trying to figure out if that was a guitar pick slide that, or if it was an effect. I'm not. A, let's see if I can find it. Actually, you know what? I don't want to mess with that because it might jack the microphone up again. <laughs> but but uh, as far as your distortions and stuff like that, is it all like mixed in? Uh, now, forgive me for sounding stupid, but. Like, is it all pre-programmed to where it just switches, like it's in an Axe Effects, or I, I guess just if you can give me like a quick, uh, like a gear rundown. How about that? Like, what are you guys yeah, using? Uh, for live, um, we use, uh, I use an Axe Effects, and I have, um, like for the new album, we're using mostly like inbuilt Axe Effects effects. <laughs> okay. Um, but for um, live, I mostly use like a Diggy Deck Whammy, uh, the Boss Chorus pedal, and I don't remember the brand, but it's a flanger pedal. Oh. Uh, and that's pretty much it. But the main point is that we, we don't have a lot of backing tracks with those kind of sounds. We, we yeah, no. try and keep it really organic yeah. and play like, the sound. That okay. A lot of people ask me, like, oh, yeah, what synths are you guys using? I'm like, uh, <laughs> there's no synths here. Like, it's all guitars. And um, for uh, like the Dragon intro, uh, it's just a chorus and a flanger stacked on top of each other. And and you play some weird stuff, and that's what you get. <laughs> I do like one. I forget where the description is. It's like we like playing weird music or something like that. Uh, God, I can't yeah. remember where I saw that at. Oh, here it is. We dig making weird noises and try to express certain <laughs> themes with just the sounds of our instruments. So yeah, I, yeah. I, like a lot of people, like on Sudrent uh, specifically, like there's a pad sound, but it's really just a guitar playing a weird ass chord. They just you just swell the volume up, and you have a bunch of chorus reverb compression on it, and you get a pass. Sounds like yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of sounds like this. Yeah. yeah. Now is that for everybody? Is it is it when you guys go record, you try to limit? I guess between the two albums, was there a lot of what you guys were talking about that you cut out for the new stuff? 
Am I understanding that right? Um, that was based on the tone that Emil said that we now use a lot of effects on the actual XFX itself and mm. not okay. uh, not that much mm. pedals anymore. But uh, we didn't really cut anything out. I think from the very get go, we have had the mindset that everything you hear on our album is sounds that we are able to make ourselves. Yeah. Not some okay. computer-generated synths yeah, or the, yeah. any kind of stuff like that. Yeah. So everything you hear is actually played by us and can be performed. And that has been a really essential thing for us also in terms of the new metal thing where like it's, it's raw, uh, it's straight in your face and it's not all these beautiful synths going mm. around and making the sounds. <laughs> all the switch. ambience in the background. Yeah. yeah, and that's not to say that technology doesn't play a part because it definitely does. Yeah, it, sure. it, it plays a big part in making the sounds the way they do. Uh, but the way it's still performed with actual instruments in some mm. way or other. Uh, it might not be like playing a string with your pick. It might be scratching it instead or using some other tool you find in your house to to make some really weird and eerie sound. And you put that through a chain of effects and it makes it really interesting to listen to. Yeah. Like uh, the last record, uh, Sword Dance, um, all of the guitars, uh, bass, effects, everything is done uh, while I was mixing it. So we, it's all plugins. Okay. A lot of amp sims and stuff. Um, so, <laughs> just buy the pedals like, oh, we used a flanger here. I need to get a flanger. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Brian, yeah. you got any but, questions for the guys about how they do their mix or guitar work or anything, brother? Uh, a lot of that answers it because I was wondering, you know, listening to the music, like, how the hell are they doing this? But, um, yeah, sounds like a lot of chorus, a lot of flanger, and a lot of a lot of harmonics, and even household items. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's everything that gives uh, just a a normal uh, normal tone and a movement. You know what I mean? And yeah. the effects that gives it like like the chorus uh, has one particular kind of movement, and flanger has a different one, and phaser have another one. So like you try to combine and come up with something you feel like fits the vision or whatever. Mm. And then, and it has to buy uh, on the, on the latest stuff. It's like, we really want to like push it. So when, when all those sounds come together now, it's at the most extreme limit we have like, because before we just used whatever pedal we had, we just want we just want insert whatever effects here. But now we have like tweaked it more, like fine tuned, yeah. uh, in within the notes. Yeah, like so, with the effects, we have yeah. uh, just an expression pedal that controls. So like when the pedal goes up, uh, a mix knob on like four different effects just goes <laughs> cohesively <laughs> together yeah. to get an even more wilder effect. It's like here they all come. Wow. But that's I think the most clear distinction between the, these two albums. Yeah, the guitar, uh, yeah, we yeah. have we have been working a lot with our guitar tone and fine tuning it uh, to get it to a point where it's not overwhelming but also extreme. You know, yeah. yeah. So especially you will not hear it on that version of Frozen that you just listened to, but on the other singles you will hear the the aggression in the guitar tone, which will stand out from the Soul Brand, which is a lot more or organic produced. Yeah. I can I can definitely tell, um, and I know everybody has like their favorite bands, and you know certain bands have a certain tone or a certain sound or a certain 
chorus or something that you can always look forward to. And you guys, for me, I can definitely pick your song out of a playlist because when I when I I'm a mechanic, so I'm at work. I have the you know my my bass to myself, and I'm just playing a playlist. And I'll hear one of your songs come on. And right now, I don't know them all by heart, but when I hear it, it piques my interest. I turn and go, ah, that's Frostbit, and then say. <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to ask real quick, what are you, what are you jamming on on drums, brother? Uh, my kit at the moment is a Mapix, uh, the Raven kit. It's okay. actually a bit of budget kit, but I bought it back in like 2014. Uh, I think, um, and it's been serving me really well, uh, at least the shells. So I swapped out the default snare with a um, Mapex uh, Sledgehammer, Black Panther series. Okay. And um, that has been a lot of fun. So <laughs> usually when we play live, we, we, we have a lot of uh, energy on stage. It's loud. It's, it's loud <laughs> and, and it's also like we, we're in the mindset that the, the performance of our show is equally as important as what we play. So mm -hmm. obviously there's a fine line between making sure that everyone is, everything is correct and played correctly, but also going ham on stage, which you can see on some of our videos. So having a sledgehammer for all those rim shots, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. actually it's really good. a hard time in the mix because the snare is so loud. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, don't hit it so hard, please. Yeah. <laughs> on the previous record, I use purely live drums, but on the new one we're releasing now, uh, I wanted to go a bit more modern, I guess, uh, with sample drums. Uh, so I used like a similar snare, like you can still hear his natural snare in the overhead mic because it's so damn loud. I <laughs> <laughs> can mute the, the sample snare in the mix and I can just, just from the other mics, the snare still cuts through. <laughs> yeah. So for the rest of the gear, it's uh, I use a DW9000 series double pedal, uh, which I've been really happy with. Uh, I think the double pedal is, or the pedals are one of the most important things as a drummer. It's uh, You really get to personalize it, and it doesn't feel the same way playing any other pedal, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um, I'm not a drummer. I'm just shaking my head, just going along with yeah. it. <laughs> You asked me about my love, so I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take take your time. Go go as deep into it as you want to, man. I'm just I again. I just want I want to be able that everybody knows you know a little bit about you guys here. Everything, yeah. like I said. I mean, I see your you know down. Is that a downbeats hoodie? The downbeat. Yeah, yeah like thumbs up for that one. <laughs> so uh, yeah, go ahead. Take as much time as you need, man. Yeah. I was also, uh, actually about finishing, so the last thing I want to say is that I prefer minor symbols. I think they're really uh, doing a really good thing in our, in our genre. And also uh, their symbols are really good at cutting through and have interesting sounds. Okay. Uh, and also that's just to take it to another point. Uh, what we also wanted to do in Frostbit is to make sure that every instrument is as equal as the other one. So mm. when it comes to drums, it's not just having a default symbol. It's it's all about the uh, details, attention to details in the sounds. Okay. Uh, and that also goes a lot away for, uh, for what kind of symbols we use on our records and that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's my setup. What about bass? Oh, you want to hear this story? <laughs> I would love to hear a story. Real quick, am I picking up, am I picking up a different accent from you? Oh yes. Okay, yes. just Not hard. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I wasn't, you know, some weird internet glitch. That's an entire story of itself. So I don't know if I should go into that one, but 
Uh, I've got I've got another uh, I've got another thirty minutes to kill, Brian. <laughs> All right, lay it on us. Man. It's 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 your interview, brother. Tell us what you, <laughs> tell us what we need to know. <laughs> well, if you want to know, it's uh, I usually uh, I used to speak with an American accent because I have family in the States. Okay. Uh, I have some trouble with pronunciation because my tongue is all effed up. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. You are. So. We're not okay. regulated by anybody, so. Fucked up beyond all recognition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I couldn't do the American pronunciation very well. I tried to switch over to British. It turned sort of Australian, sort of New Zealand. I don't know. Um, that's that story out of the way very quickly uh when it comes to my bass gear we uh i actually upgraded my setup uh last year so i used to play with a, a bryce defiant five string uh bass and that's a fairly cheap bass but for the, its purpose it's like probably the cheapest bass you can get that has a fan fret um neck and five strings and all that stuff the struggle or the, the issue came when we uh figured out that we're going to play the bass in uh double octave down so uh the guitar plays a string drop e tuning and the so bass okay. plays <laughs> the bass plays one octave lower than that again so it's like 20 hertz range uh which is really fucking low uh, yeah shit, that's man. yeah i understand it's, it's frequencies really that's low as fuck <laughs> yeah that's fucking insane uh, <laughs> and, and that's been that's been an issue uh and also a challenge to to get through when it comes to recording because um the regular of the the, the stock pickups on that bass are not that efficient at picking up those those sounds uh in that range so we uh, we upgraded the bass with some Bartolini pickups, six string pickups, just to um, just to uh, complement the the fan frets. It worked better, but after a while we figured out, okay, so the only real chance we're going to have of catching that sort of range is with a ding wall. So I now play on a ding wall, and I use a dark glass B7K mm. pedal. Mm. I also uh, don't play bass, but I know that is some good gear. Oof. It is. It, it was. Uh, it was a long time coming, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. So since like the first, like the first self-titled album, uh, we played on. Uh, we played with that tuning, that very low, uh, low, low tuning, and even on the first album, we had another bass that was even worse than the in, than the Bryce. <laughs> not to not to uh, shed any. Uh, throwing a shade on on the Bryce basses because it served me very well, but we had a, a five string Yamaha bass and that that poor old fucker couldn't even pick up two tones at the same time, <laughs> uh, two different frequencies, two notes. He couldn't pick it up, so uh, just fell so apart had, in your hands. Just yeah, it was uh, it was pretty horrible. But it was an active bass as well, so it's really surprising to have such low quality from from that but uh <laughs> yeah apart from that like um th that's pretty much it actually when it comes to the bass gear i use now um and the bryce bass we actually i think we made it sound very good on the Solbrand album did what it was supposed to do i guess yeah. because like the only thing you got from it was sub mm. and 
like a millisecond of attack. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's very, yeah. it's a very organic uh, sound in, in the Solburn album from the bass. Uh, and when it comes to uh, live, it's sort of, it was lacking in that area. Uh, now with the Dingwall and we, we got to experience the Dingwall sound a bit when we went on tour with Carbon, uh, was that it's, it's a very, very clear cut bass sound. And especially with the, with the dark glass pedal, um, it's very versatile. You can, you can slap on it. You can do regular like finger play, uh, all with a pick. It's, it sounds just amazing all the way through. So it's been a huge upgrade and improvement for our sound. I think. Mm, yeah. Nice. Well, let's round it out with the, with the guitar section. Uh, like what guitar I use <laughs> or yeah, just, just whatever, whatever you're, I mean, uh, if, if you use something live versus for the, for yeah, the album whatever. or just, just whatever. We use the same guitar for the studio and live. Um, like when I joined the band, I knew I had to get an eight string. So I just got the cheapest one I could find. <laughs> um, the stock pickups in it was like bass pickups. So it yeah. sounded so shit. <laughs> So I swapped those out with uh, the Marcio deactivators. I heard uh, that the six string and seven string versions was, was pretty shady, but the eight string version was right up my alley. <laughs> um, so we used that. Yeah. It's like a super cheap guitar, but the pickups saved it. <laughs> sure, um, just, a, just whatever it takes, right? Just a basic uh, eight string set. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, just basic A string strings. String gauge, we use 10 to 74 on yeah. the lowest. The guitar is a 27 inch scale, so it can handle it. But ideally, yeah. you want to go a bit higher. But yeah. Oh, that actually reminds me, just uh, a quick note for those who are very interested. Uh, on the bass, we use 182 gauge string god damn that is thick uh telephone wise yeah that's damn that is shit how do you wrap that on the uh, never mind never mind never mind <laughs> never mind uh <laughs> so uh, i just wanted to round out the show here with uh just a couple questions about how you guys did in how how, how has how has the pandemic treated you guys as far as uh, your guys' overall impact is just being individuals and then as a band. Like for for example, over here, we did six weeks of lockdown uh, from, uh, Brian, when was it? It was like March? Yeah, I think so. Like March, March, March April. to April. It was about six weeks of locked lockdown. Um, I worked a split shift, so I never really stopped working. Uh, mm. And then they put in all these precautions about masks and stuff. And, you know, over here in the States, it's a fucking nightmare with trying to get people to understand safety health precautions. So yeah. knowing that Scandinavia and, you know, Norway and everybody up there primarily does what's, you know, right. How has, how has COVID been for you guys individually and, and as a band getting together right. and stuff? As a, as a band, it started out like we, we obviously had to, first of all, we had to quarantine for like two weeks because we just came home from Germany after a tour oh, okay they got midway uh because of the covid pandemic uh and simultaneously like all major 
uh, organs, like governmental and, and uh, private, like festivals, concerts, all that stuff, were just completely shut down uh, for the, for a very long time. Uh, I work as a substitute teacher on the side, and school was like schools were closed down immediately. Um, I think they opened up again in May, uh, April, May around that time. Um, so we were we were locked together, and at the time, uh, Ivan, Stefan, and I we lived together. Okay, uh, we were locked in together, and uh, we were slowly running crazy. <laughs> we had planned to use those those two weeks in lockdown or in quarantine uh, at tour, so we were supposed to get uh, tired of each other either way, but we just had to like live with, okay, so tour got canceled and now we have to stay stuck together uh, with no benefits. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think I speak for everyone when I say that it was really hard actually getting back home because at least for us, this is our first really huge tour mm. when we were supporting Carbomb and we had the 18 dates throughout Europe. And uh, going from playing a show every night, hanging out with the cool meet people, meet new people, and I always have something going on to just get sent back home and just get stuck in your house for two weeks. That was really hard. And I think mm. it was really hard on all of us. Uh, uh, and um, yeah, I, I guess I guess in Norway we had it pretty pretty good. Uh, usually our our citizens are lawful and they respect the government's advice. So um, usually we had, we had <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in Corona cases, but uh, and things started to get back to normal in terms of uh, schools, uh, public transportation, everything started opening up again. But uh, actually this week we have had some backlash and uh, yeah. and are taking stronger regulations again. But it's constantly like trying to loose it up, but ensuring that it not gets yeah. too... It's a, it's a pendulum so far. And we're going back to like the, uh, to like a second wave yep. um, where, where things are ramping up again. Uh, so precautions are, are slowly being put back into place uh, more and more. So it, it's it's hard to tell from like day to day perspective how it's going to go, like with planning gigs or whatever. Um, but it is uh, well. So far, it's it's kind of just you just get used to the new every day, and uh, you know that you have to. Uh, stay alert and just listen to whatever the government says about it. And they've been very upfront about what they know and don't know and infection rates. And they're being very upfront about um, like things they uh, want us to be careful about. Uh, and so far, uh, all, the, all those I know and myself that have been in contact with other uh, testing personnel or uh, just infection tracking personnel, have been very professional about it. So from that stance, it's very, it feels very safe, all things considered. But I think as a band, we have actually made it quite good out of this situation, out of a bad situation, because mm. once we came home, we were really motivated from the, from the tour and we immediately started finalizing the songs uh, from the new album. And, mm. um, and we've also been very lucky with uh, getting a lot of, reach, uh, especially on our single blizzard. Um, so, so I think all in all, like we're not in a, in a bad situation. We all have, uh, our jobs and, uh, mm. a, uh, 
a system that take care of us, even though if you can't work. So, um, yeah. And one thing that's actually quite funny as well is that, uh, when we were on tour, we, we paid uh, some of the costs for the bus that we were on together with Carbo. And from when we paid that fee to we got canceled or the shows got canceled and we got back home, our currency dropped by like 15%. Whoa. So when we got the return money, we actually almost made money for, for it. So it was kind of weird, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of a, a good in a bad situation, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're uh, like, guys, we actually turned a profit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Almost. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was definitely like uh, a light in the tunnel, uh, economically wise. Like we uh, we knew that it was going to be hard to to do our like day jobs uh, when the lockdown was in progress, and so just knowing that okay, so economically we're all fine. We just have to keep our sanity, and yeah, things will look better. Yeah, I think that was the hardest part for over here. Is there's such there's such mis misinformation and disinformation that it, it it's hard for us as Americans to even operate because we've got mm. the federal government saying one thing, we've got the state government saying this, we've got local municipalities saying this, people walking around saying I don't have to wear a mask because it's not a law, and then other it's 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 insane, and that's why I started the the locked in the closet series is calling people during COVID and. You know, we reached out to bands in Canada and New York where like New York, that story, a band named Resistor, that was, woof, that was eye opening. Um, but then we talked to people here in Texas or in other places that aren't so hard hit. And it's like business as usual, like they're just going about their days. There's just less people out and about. Um, yeah. So it, it's definitely one big social experiment going on. And there has been mm -hmm. a lot of new music that have, that has come out during this time frame. Um, yeah. I know Brian and his crew have been working tirelessly on on their stuff. And again, you guys are, you know, just dropping heaters left and right uh, over over that time frame. So um, I appreciate what you guys do. We couldn't do what we do if it wasn't for you guys, uh, you know, locked in your house together for two weeks, just <laughs> turning out singles. Um, but before we get out of here, uh, what when can the people or when can the fans start to look for? Um, the album release and what are all the ads and the social medias where they can buy merch and stuff like that. Okay, so uh, should we should yeah. we uh, reveal the yeah, the date? Okay, so um, the date set is November thirtieth. <laughs> I had to use it once. I had to use it once. Just <laughs> for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sorry. Good timing. <laughs> yes, the album will be out November the thirtieth, and uh, we have actually just now swapped stores to Big Cartel slash Frostbit. Uh, we used to be in Bandcamp, and you can still find our products there. But uh, that will be the the place we are from now on in regards of merch. But so you are also able to find our merch and products on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, pre-orders, I don't know when the podcast will be up, but pre-orders will be up very soon from this, this point on. Uh, we're going to announce it on our Facebook uh, and all that stuff. So it might already be out before the podcast comes. Okay. Um, Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted, yeah. Uh, me, and the, uh, me and the graphics department has to do some work. <laughs> I have to get my workers on and fucking get through the, that thing. But yeah, it's... Um, it's coming up close. It's uh, 
the album is all done, so we're all safe and good there. Uh, we all do have some logistics that we have to figure out of, but November 30th should be the date where people can stream it everywhere. They can enjoy it full time. And um, yeah, pre-orders will be up shortly uh, for, for CDs. Uh, we do have, we have uh, received a lot of requests when it comes to the CD. So the CD market is still not dead, contrary to popular belief. So yeah, it's, it's a, exciting. You should be excited. Well, good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff. Uh, uh, Brian, any final questions before we get out of here, man? Like one that's just been itching you, like I gotta ask this question. Um, I mean, I think my main question was how you guys got some of those sounds, um, but you guys um, did a really thorough job in answering a lot of that. Some pretty mind blowing stuff. Like y'all are y'all are pioneers. Like it's fucking awesome. Um, but I, uh, I'm really stoked for your album, guys. Um, really can't wait. It's been nice to meet you, man. We've seen you a lot uh, on our socials and uh, yeah. and interacting with your music, and it's nice to to finally get to speak to you. <laughs> Absolutely, it's it's really cool. Y'all are awesome, and I I cannot wait to see this new album just destroy. You know, I mean, you guys, in my honest opinion, you guys have a really really unique thing going, and and I've like been digging and digging and digging through metal, like digging through Spotify, like. And y'all are literally in like my top three. So I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. This is very, very high price. Thank you. Yeah. The crowd erupts, but I, uh, I, I'm, I'm with Brian. I, I think what you guys got going on is very cool. It's very interesting to hear the, the new metal influence. Cause we've got a couple bands here and I'm starting to hear some new metal influence kind of creep its way back in. But I, I, you know, you guys were there. I, I guess I'm not going to say you guys had it first, but you guys haven't changed much and it was a part of what you guys are. So it's not like, Oh, they're just trying to jump on the wave. It's like, no, everyone's trying to jump on Frostbit's wave. So just <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at. But yeah. again, I, I greatly appreciate this. This, this was, this meant a lot to myself, I'm sure as well as Brian to get you guys on the screen and, and, uh, and actually meet the people that make the great music uh, that we listen to over here. So the more that we can spread it, the better and I greatly appreciate you guys coming out. Again, this is Frostbit from Norway. That's Bit with two Ts. You can find yeah. them on Spotify, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram. You guys got a Twitter? No. Um, no. Okay. Should we, should we get a Twitter? Uh, look, man, I've been trying to figure out the Twitter game. Uh, I rarely use it, but it's good for polls and stuff like that. So... I'm just going to leave it up to you guys. <laughs> I can't, I can't say that face that Twitter has been a, an amazing product for me, but then again, I probably don't utilize it the best way. Like, you know, using all of your strings. So it's, 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 it's one of those things. But again, I, I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to, to chat with us. And I look forward to the new release and I promise the challenge is on. This will be out before the album drops. <laughs> all right cool Thank all right well take it easy guys thank you very much thank you so much bye bye bye, bye. bye. peace